Thanks so much, Casey. Um, we're going to get right into our message here in a second, but um, I'd encourage you to do a couple things if you could. Um, I, first of all, I'm, I'm glad you chose to spend some time here this summer. Um, sometimes, as a pastor, you wonder, like, should we do church during the summer? Because <laughs> everybody goes their own way, but it's like, it, yes, we need it. We so desperately need this. And so I'm glad that you're here um, this, this beautiful summer day. It's going to be August next week. Isn't that weird? It's going to be August, and um, school is coming, and I know everybody's excited about that. And so it's, you know, new, new year. And I really, you know, our culture, we say, we say that January is a new year, but we really treat September as if it's the new year. Uh, September through August is how our culture flows. It's how school and work and sports uh, tend to ebb and flow, and same with the church. Um, next Sunday, August the 1st, after our 10 a.m. service, I wanted to invite you, if you're interested, um, I have been doing an internship here. Um, well, I haven't been doing the internship. I've been putting on an internship here at Fellowship Church for about uh, eight years. I was actually looking at some, some memories on social media the other day, and I was able to actually deduct a timeline. Um, but uh, Bridget Freshour, our assistant pastor who oversees this generation ministry, she's been really pushing me to um, do an internship a little bit more aggressively than we have the last couple of years. Um, she was an intern, and so she saw the benefit of that. And so um, she is going to be leading, and I'll be facilitating an internship this year at Fellowship Church um, from mid-September, the new year, uh, to mid-August. So it's a, a one-year internship program, and this is for anybody who is hungry for um, really these three things, um, leadership development, um, Bible teaching, and then three ministry experience. So leadership development, Bible teaching, and ministry experience. Um, this is a very, very um, intensive program, and so it's something that if you're interested, you need to commit to for the next year. And we're having an interest meeting next Sunday. That's why I'm talking about it. Next Sunday, after our 10 o'clock service, we'll have a lunch. Uh, Bridget and myself, some of our staff might join us. We'll talk a little bit about the internship. Well, a lot about it, actually, because uh, a lot of you have been asking, like, well, how old is too old for the internship? Um, what kind of commitment is needed? What days are needed? So we'd like to answer all those questions for you next week. Um, if God sends us one intern this year, awesome. If he sends us 20, that's awesome. Probably about 15 is the most we probably would be able to do. Uh, but we have a lot of people interested. And it really is for all ages. And I had someone contact me this week um, who's just a little bit older than I am. And I was like, am I too old? And I said, no. It's geared towards people in their 20s, but if you can run uh, with that, uh, with that kind of energy and commitment and focus, then, then you can join too. And so that's next Sunday after our 10 a.m. service. We'll have lunch and would love to chat with you about that. Uh, we got a lot of exciting things in store for the internship, um, including some, um, some Bible college classes you'll be taking throughout the year and super stoked about it. So that's my announcement for today. Uh, but I, I know we came to talk about serious business today, and um, that's why I wanted to talk uh, to you about uh, boy bands this morning. Um, I am a child of the 80s and 90s, and um, during the mid, really the, well, more like the late 90s, early 2000s was really the, the height of the boy band era, and um, there are you know, choices you had to make. You know, were you someone who was uh, 
NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. And, you know, only NSYNC had Justin Timberlake. And so that makes them superior. Uh, but yet the Backstreet Boys had some amazing songs. We wouldn't have Backstreet Back all right if it wasn't for the Backstreet Boys. Um, we would never have, uh, you know, Bye 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 if it wasn't for NSYNC. And so um, the boy bands were a big deal. Uh, 98 Degrees. How many of you were 98 Degree fans? Uh, your, your, uh, your homeboy, Nick Lachey. I don't know what I say. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, boy bands were a thing. And if you're like, if you're here and if you're like in your 20s, you're like, what is he talking about? There are no boy bands today. There are. They're just in Korea. They don't have them in the U.S. <laughs> anymore, but there's a lot, there's a lot uh, in Asia. Uh, but there, there's some boy bands that preceded these, these 90s boy bands. And I was thinking about this this week, and I was like, what makes Boys to Men not a boy band? Because I've never heard Boys to Men referred to as a boy band. They're always just like an, an R&B group. It's like, no, they were a boy band as well. And uh, how many of you were Boys to Men fans? Raise your hands real, real high. Like, oh, I just feel romantic just thinking about their songs. <laughs> They, those, those, those guys knew how to serenade. Um, but then there was really, you know, there was a, you go way back to, like, you know, the, the Beatles, uh, the Monkees, the Beach Boys. You know, for some reason, we didn't call those boy bands either. They were just cool bands, you know. They, 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 those were, like, the original OG boy bands. But, but if we're going to talk about boy bands, it's important that we talk about, really, the height of boy bands. And, and that is, especially if you were a child of the, or teen or a young adult or a very strange adult who lived through the late 80s and early 90s, it was uh, the new kids on the block. And how many of you enjoy the new kids on the block? I know my wife um, really, you know, just struggles today with, you know, thinking about the new kids on the block. <laughs> and what amazing young men these were. So uh, Jonathan Knight, Jordan Knight. Yeah, Susan had a cat named after Jordan. Pray for her. Um, <laughs> Joey McIntyre, Donnie Wahlberg, wow, you know, Mark's brother. Now they own like a burger chain, I think. Um, Danny Wood. You know, just to make you feel incredibly old, every member except for Joey McIntyre in uh, New Kids on the Block is in their 50s today. Isn't that weird? Like, could you ever imagine when you listen to the New Kids on the Block that one day they'd be in their 50s? And so th these are not kids any longer. And they're not new. They've been around the block quite a few times. These are just some old guys, guys in their 50s, new kids on the block. Um, and so I want to talk to you today from the topic, um, new kid on the block. And so where we've left off in this series, uh, King Ahab of Israel and his successor and his son Ahaziah had died. Um, Elijah the prophet foretold their deaths. Uh, Casey, I want to give him some props, did a really great job last week, and I'm very proud of Casey. He is, he's a phenomenal speaker, teacher, leader, and so blessed to have him here at our church, and it was a joy to listen to that message. He had um, something that I've just been really wrestling with all week that he had, uh, the Lord shared with him, was this idea that God doesn't always work the same way um, every time for everybody. It was a really profound uh, word from the passage last week. So Casey left off with uh, Elijah has been taken up to heaven in a whirlwind. Uh, he was accompanied by chariots of fire. Before Elijah's departure, he had given Elisha uh, a double portion of his blessing, his mantle, his spirit, if you will. And then following Elijah's departure, as, as Casey brilliantly talked about, uh, Elisha crossed back over the Jordan River 
uh, parting it just like Elijah had and just like Joshua before him had done. And then he entered back into what, what we'll call the promised land. Because when, when Joshua led the Israelites um, into the promised land, they crossed the Jordan River. So there's a lot of similarities between Moses and Elijah and then between Joshua and Elisha. And then similarities that um, Casey pointed out last week between Elijah and John the Baptist. And then huge similarities between Elisha and Jesus. A lot, a lot of things that are pointing to one another in Scripture. And so today we're, we're talking about uh, this topic, new kid on the block, because Elisha really was the new kid on the block. He took over for Elijah after Elijah was taken up into heaven, and Elisha wastes no time stepping into this position of prophet as such. Um, after he crosses over the Jordan River, he is walking in the calling, the mantle, the blessing, the spirit, the power of Elijah. And we're going to read a couple of passages today um, introducing us to the new kid on the block because up until this point, we don't know much about Elisha, but here he is getting right to business. So 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 15 through 18, it says, Now when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho saw him, that's Elisha, opposite them coming over the river, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet Elisha and bowed to the ground before Elisha. And they said to Elisha, Behold now, there are with you uh, 50 strong men. You've got 50 prophetic servants. Here we are, 50 of us. Let us, let these 50 young men go and seek your master, Elijah. It may be that the spirit of the Lord has caught him up and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley. And he said, you shall not send. But when they urged him, Till he was ashamed, till he just was just like, okay, guys, go for it. Um, he said, send, go, send the guys to go look for Elijah. They sent, therefore, 50 men, and for three days they sought him, but did not find him, and they came back to him while he was staying at Jericho. And Elisha said to them, did I not say to you, do not go? But you did. So what's going on? Here we've got the sons of the prophets. They're, they're alluded to as these 50 men. The sons of the prophets are most certainly the same who followed Elijah to see him taken up into heaven just the day before. Um, here, these 50 sons of the prophets, these 50 young men, they respect, they honor, and they submit themselves to Elisha, and they accept him as Elijah's successor, but they don't really understand what's happened to Elijah. This is actually very similar to when Jesus resurrects from the grave and the disciples are going to the tomb and the angels are like, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. It's like when Jesus ascended to the Father in heaven and the 120 followers were looking up into the heavens and again, an angel shows up and says, hey guys, uh, quit looking up, get to work. He's coming back. He's sending the Holy Spirit. And so they don't fully understand that Elijah's not coming back. They should have from what we learned last week, but, but they are hoping he's not gone. And so maybe they think he died and they need to find his body and bury it. Maybe they think he's still living. He was just carried somewhere and God's testing them and they need to go find him and bring him back. And though they respected Elisha and were ready to follow Elisha, they still missed Elijah 
And they hoped Elijah was still with them. And they go for three days, again, some parallels there to Jesus in the tomb. They look for him for three days. They do not find him. They come back to the city of Jericho. And Elijah's like, told you guys, told you so. I told you you wouldn't find him. But you needed to get out of your system. Go and look. Okay, you're stuck with me now. No, Elijah's not coming back. You ever been, you ever replaced a manager before? You replaced someone at work that like everybody loved? And you're like just their replacement? And you, you feel kind of like a heel, like everybody loved so-and-so so much before she left, before he left, and now I'm just the replacement, and it's going to take a lot of time to earn the kind of respect that they earned while they were here. Has that ever happened to you before? This is exactly where Elisha is. And so they're going to move forward. They're going to understand that Elijah's not coming back. They're going to follow Elisha, and we're going to look at what happens immediately once they give up looking for Elijah, and they understand Elisha is now the man in charge. He's the new kid on the block who's also the new boss on the block. So 2 Kings 2.19 says, Now the men of the city said to Elisha, remember the city they are at is Jericho, right near the Jordan River. It says, Behold, the situation of this city it's good. It's pleasant, as my Lord sees. But the water is bad. And the land, it's, it's, it's unfruitful. He said, uh, bring me a new bowl and put some salt in it. So they brought the bowl and the salt to Elisha. Then he went to the spring of water and threw salt in it and said, thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From now on, neither death nor miscarriage shall come from it. Would you take note of that? We're going to actually end our message today with that. He says, thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From now on, neither death nor miscarriage shall come from it. So the water has been healed to this day, according to the word that Elisha spoke. Um, It is like uh, last week, Casey said, he pointed out, it says, you know, there were these rocks that were on the side of the Jordan till this day. And here, the same thing, the author of 2 Kings, like, and the water's been healed until this day. So when you think about Jericho, you think about the walls of Jericho that came crumbling down after Israel marched around the walls and blew trumpets for seven days upon their entering into the promised land. Jericho was the first city conquered by the nation of Israel after 40 years of wandering through the desert. And when Jericho is destroyed, first of all, Jericho is one of the oldest cities known to mankind. I think there were cities much before then, but it's one of the oldest cities known to mankind. It has been inhabited for thousands upon thousands of years. Uh, Before the pyramids uh, were understood to be built in Egypt, Jericho was a city. And it was this, this fortress city eventually where, once again, God dropped the walls and allowed Israel to overtake those who lived inside of Jericho. And so when Joshua leads that charge against Jericho, um, he places a curse on the city of Jericho, essentially that if anybody ever tries to rebuild the city again, that that person will be cursed. Now, it's actually a little difficult when you read it. It implies that the entire city will be cursed, but it says directly that the person will be cursed who rebuilds the city. And so what we're reading now is a story that happens five to 600 years after Jericho is destroyed, and the city has just actually been rebuilt. It was rebuilt eight years before we find Elisha and Elijah here 
in what we're reading today. It's about an eight-year-old city. And sometimes this city is referred to as the new Jericho. And the reason I'm giving so much history about Jericho is because you can go there today. You can go to the new Jericho. And right in the middle of the new Jericho is actually the old Jericho. Um, When we had the opportunity, my wife and I, um, my friend Adam who's here, my friend Brian who's here, we went to Israel a couple years ago. And um, we were going to lunch in the city of Jericho. And you can see um, the desert mountains in the distance from Jericho. And it's believed, tradition says, that Jesus was tempted by the devil on those mountains in the wilderness outside of Jericho. And so we went to lunch at the Temptation Cafe because this is where Jesus was tempted by the devil. And at the Temptation Cafe, this was one of the oldest buildings I've ever entered before. And you walked into, it was kind of like a, like a, a weird mall. If you've ever been to other countries, sometimes shopping centers look much different than here. It's kind of walking into this old mall. You walk up the stairs into the Temptation Cafe, and there before you laid uh, an amazing buffet. And when you go to Israel, make sure you ask to eat at Palestinian places, uh, Arab-run businesses, because they really know how to cook and really know how to treat customers very well. And so they, they walked around at the Temptation Cafe, like, just bringing food by on, on platters. So you could go to the buffet, or they'd bring you food. It was just amazing. And so um, it's like, well, this is the best memory I had of, of going to Israel. Uh, but the bottom line is, the reason I'm bringing it up is because we went to this parking lot to park to eat at this restaurant. And in the parking lot are just camels, just chilling out in the parking lot. And we're like, oh, what is that dirt mound next to the Temptation Cafe in this modern parking lot with camels? Oh, that's the old city of Jericho that crumbled down thousands of years ago after Israel marched around it seven times. So here we were eating in New Jericho, which was, you know, it's 2,800 years old, looking at old Jericho, which is like 10,000 years old. History is amazing. So here we are. But the reason I say this is because in Jericho there is this spring. And Jericho is a city because there is a spring of fresh water that is there in the middle of the desert of deserts. And so it is this oasis, if you will, that was very much a valuable place in the desert because of its water and the palms that grew. There is this beautiful place, and you can go today, and you can see this spring coming right out of the ground where people still drink from it today. And so here is Elisha. And the city had been rebuilt under King Ahab, such an evil king, eight years before. And the water since the city had been built was bad. Bad water. Any of you guys grow up with a well instead of city water? Um, Sometimes I'll go over to people's houses. They live in the country, and they're like, oh, I've got good water. It's well water. And you're like, it doesn't smell good. (laughs) Like, do you like to drink sulfur? Um... But, you know, maybe some of you have some good spring water. So, like, the water is bad. Now, so Elisha, he represents 